Welcome to Ampersand the Enigma podcast with me, your host, Rainbow Black. How you doing, guys? This is a quick, short broadcast in response to the George Floyd murder. And yes, we're going to call it murder. Oh, I think the whole world is in turmoil right now. Um, Having witnessed George Floyd be murdered in Minneapolis by a police officer leaning on his neck, cutting off his windpipe and his oxygen for nine whole minutes whilst being handcuffed on the floor next to the police vehicle. He wasn't resisting arrest. He also had two officers holding his legs and then another police officer standing there taunting him saying that he should have listened and he's not such a big man now and it's his own fault that he's on the floor and mocking him when he started crying out for his mother. Now, when a grown man tells you that they can't breathe and that his stomach is hurting him and he's crying and he's wincing, perhaps from the the pain of him leaning on his windpipe with... His hands in his pockets, putting his full body weight on his neck. I want you to try and imagine what that would feel like. Because if it was me, I'd be so full of fear. And I think he was. I think he was. It's it's almost as if they enjoyed him begging for his life because the more he said I can't breathe my stomach is hurting me I'm feeling a lot of pain is the more he pressed his knee into his windpipe it's the more he depressed his full body weight on his neck and then there was a point where his nose started to bleed so you know his organs were starting to fail I can't imagine what he was feeling. And actually, when he was crying out for his mum, and that's the bit that's really got to everybody, that was the saddest part, because when a man cries out for his mother, you know, he's he's seen his life flash before him. And actually, his mum has been um, passed away for a whole year. So she passed away last year. So he knew he he was going to be meeting her very soon, because this man was not letting up. And he was taunting him. It's almost as though he was enjoying it. He was His face was expressionless. He was blank. Like he'd done it before. And the irony is many people were saying, come on, man, come off his neck. He's telling you that he can't breathe. Come on, you've already got him down on the ground. He's not resisting. You've got him in handcuffs. You know, the man was lying on his stomach right and at one point he was begging for water so you know he was losing oxygen and then nine minutes into him leaning on his windpipe his body just went limp he was not responding and the cries from the protesters on the sidewalk were not being heard. 
And then the ambulance arrived and they literally just flung his body on the stretcher. His neck looked like it had been snapped. His body was lifeless. And then he was taken away and then at the hospital he was pronounced dead. But he was already dead at the scene. People saw, the whole world saw his life leave his body. His spirit leave his body. And we're just sick of seeing this. We're sick of seeing it. We've seen it with Eric Eric Gardner. We've seen it with Philandro Castell. We've seen it with Sandra Bland. We've seen it with Tamir Rice. Countless other women, Kareem Gaines. And even even women here in the uh, UK. We're sick, we're sick to death of um, seeing black people murdered by police and no justice happening. Because guess what? The cop, Derek Chavin, was not arrested. Officers involved was not arrested. They were, you know, just free to to go about their lawful business. And I say that um, with no pun intended, right? Um, And then they were fired. But initially, they were put on desk duty because that's that's the usual protocol. Just, Just... mask them and hide them and shield them by putting them on administrative leave. But they were forced to fire them, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't be rehired in another state because that's how it works, especially in America. And this is what sparked the outrage. So the protests started happening. I wouldn't like to call them riots because they weren't riots. Protests started happening in Minneapolis. And then... There was a couple of weird incidents where there were agent provocateurs, they call them, a guy in a gas mask and still toe cap boots and army fatigues going around, smashing windows, starting fires. We know that they have these um, infiltrators that will go in and start riots and then everybody copies it. But people are switched onto that now. Um... So there's all that kind of underhand stuff going on. And it's just it's just it's just exhausting. And it all started off from George going to a store, a convenience store where they sell, you know, food, groceries. He went to cash a check for twenty dollars and apparently the check was um forged. Don't know who uses checks in this day and age. Um, but they thought that the um, cheque was forged and so they supposedly, allegedly called the bank and then they called the police. Which business calls the police for a cheque for $20? I mean, come on, you get that back in business insurance, wouldn't you? So there is a rumour that the business is probably linked to the police force and this was possibly premeditated, but... All of this is alleged. Because why would you call the police for that? And why did they come out in force? Because apparently they were saying, oh, he was becoming very agitated and threatening and because we wouldn't cast his cheque. And George is um, known in the community as a really upstanding guy, works as a security guard, would help anybody, very kind, very gentle, very humble. Because, yes, he did have a past, which is why he moved to Minneapolis right, to start over, and he was doing well, very loved person, you know, um, 
you know, many of his co-workers and friends are just devastated. They're saying, why did this happen to this man? Apparently, George and Derek Shevin had history. They used to work together um, as security guards back in the day. This is what has been said. And maybe there may have been some rivalry. Maybe he hated him. Maybe he was just waiting for that right moment to pounce on him and kill him. Because why else would you do that? If you thought he, he had forged a, a cheque, then why didn't you follow procedure and just um charge him and arrest him? He didn't even make it to the station. You took that away from him. You took away his, his day in court. You know, that is what the um criminal justice system is for. You're not supposed to be the judge, jury and executioner all in one go. You didn't allow him that human right. You took away his life for $20. And it doesn't really make sense if George is not that kind of guy, he's upstanding guy. We know that the global pandemic is going on right now and people haven't had their stimulus checks. Maybe he was one of those people that fell onto that umbrella. But my gosh, you know, why would the store do that as well? And there's talk of it being an Arab store and there being many incidents in there with black people. Um, including alleged um, rapes, um, selling selling of stolen goods, all that kind of thing, but none of that is picked up because they've got a, a very good um, relationship with the police. So maybe there's an error of um, corruption here or some kind of corruption going on. But there was no need to kill this man and people are just tired because there's just been too many incidents back to back there was the poor young man who was out jogging minding his business had to run into um had to go um run there was an incident of a young man jogging omard Aubrey, who was jogging decided to go into a construction site, a housing um, construction site. And houses are half finished. People are very curious. They like to go and see what the structure is, you know, kind of probably fantasise about what they would like for their home. It's it's almost like a American pastime because we don't do that here in the UK. And these three white men seen him jogging and they set up on him and cornered him and then proceeded to shoot him at point blank range. For what? This is like a slave patrol. This is like harking back to slave times when they used to hunt us with dogs and guns. America's supposed to be, supposedly, and this is why I don't like the national anthem. I just can't get on board with it. The land of the free. The Statue of Liberty was actually donated by France. Let that sink in to celebrate liberty and freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to be, freedom to live, equality. It steps on the face of discrimination, but that's not what is happening in America, especially not with Trump in, in power. So when people started protesting now, he's saying, oh, on his Twitter feed, 
which is being heavily policed by Twitter now because he releases so much fake news and so much dangerous statements that he has to be managed. He needs to be micromanaged. His account needs to be shut down, but for some reason they can't. He released a statement saying, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, which is um, originates from a Miami policeman who was very racist and discriminatory against people of colour and all black people just in general. He would kill and lynch. Just like this Derek Shevin has done. It's some modern day lynching. And it's a message to say, look, we can do anything to you and get away with it. It doesn't matter if it's on camera because he was so calm when he was doing it. We can get away with it. We're the biggest gang in the world. Nobody can touch us. Because when um, it was taken to the district attorney, the district attorney was reluctant to charge the officers and let them go. Nothing came of it. And even bringing charges now, which is what's happened in the last um, few, 24 hours, should I say, he's been charged with third-degree murder. And third-degree murder constitutes to, it was an accidental death. There was nothing accidental about it. It was completely premeditated. You knew what he was coming there to do. You knew what the strength of your knee would have been on that man's windpipe, would you have been able to survive for nine minutes with somebody's knee in the windpipe? And then they discriminate, and then they discriminate against Colin Kaepernick for kneeling against police brutality. It's almost like they're using the knee against us, mocking us. We've had enough. We've had enough, and... People all around the world are outraged by this. This guy was very well known as well. Apparently he was a um, sportsman back in the day. But because he got into a little bit of trouble, served some time, tried to turn his life around by moving to Minneapolis. You know, he he couldn't um, fulfil his lifelong dream, so he just started from the bottom. He was only 46 or 47. Married, I think. No, he wasn't actually. Um, he had his girlfriend, his fiance, and he's got a daughter. So he lives behind the fiance and the daughter. And it's just a waste of life. I'm so fed up of seeing it. We're fed up with the Brianna Taylors, a woman peacefully sleeping in her house with her boyfriend. Please come and kick off the door. And shot her eight times and then tried to pin it on the boyfriend. Apparently, they had a warrant for somebody's arrest and it was the wrong address. And then it turns out that the the person they're pursuing is actually in custody. So, a lot of this shit is just premeditated. What's her family supposed to do with that? Where's the justice for her? It just goes down as an accidental death? Ahmad Aubrey, accidental death? They need to be charged and put in prison. That's the only way forward. And people are fed up of just marching and protesting. Tempers are flaring. Nobody wants violence, but peaceful protest doesn't seem to be working. And when black people peacefully protest, they're being pelted with 
pepper spray and tear gas and rubber bullets and now Donald Trump has called the military out to put things back in order. You're doing domestic policing with military style policing. What is that about? The war should be on racism, not on human rights. Over 400 years, black people have had discrimination globally. And we're tired of it. We should be able to go about our, about, we should be able to go about our lawful business f- without fear of police pulling us over, profiling us. There was an incident in the UK, to show you there's not much difference, where a off-duty paramedic went to see his friend and the police officer walked up to him and says, what are you doing here? Do you live in the area? Have you ever been in trouble with the police before? He answered everything politely and then she just drew out the cuffs on him. She was wiping her nose and wiping her hands so, you know, she could be passing on the coronavirus to him. And no charges were made against him. But he was profiled, racially profiled. This happens to us all the time. We're driving in cars, we have to be digital. We're on edge all the time. We have to go running in our official clothing to show that we're not a threat. Some people go running with their work permits or passes or ID because they're so frightened of being stopped. They have to have something official on them. Even even my partner, when they're driving around, they have to have their official documents on them to say they work in this environment. Even myself, I have to walk with documents to say this is this is who I am. This is the job that I do because I work for the government. Right, so it's like I don't think I don't think white people have to go to these extremes. We don't have to have documents to say, "Oh, we're a good, upstanding citizen with us." They they can just go about their business. They're not worried about being racially profiled. If they go to a protest, they're not going to be clubbed over the head, or arrested, or pepper sprayed. More than likely to just walk past them and leave them alone. Mass majority of the time. It's a different experience. You you go into a shop, you're profiled. Even with this quarantine stuff, you know, you experience it. You walk in, got people avoiding you or going on like you're going to mug them because you've got a mask on. No, you've got the mask on to protect yourself. Especially if you've got underlying health conditions. It's people from BME communities that have been affected largely by COVID-19. So, of course, we're going to mask up and, and protect ourselves. We're not trying to mug anybody. It's just too much. So, protests now have spread pretty much right across America. Trump hasn't really said much. He, he gave out some platitudes after being forced to make a statement, saying, oh... Our thoughts are with George's family. This is really terrible. Yes, we need justice for him, but he's done nothing. He's done nothing. All he's done is say he wants to deploy the military on people. And actually, the the police in America are military trained. They are sent to Israel and Palestine to train. Why? 
you're you're policing domestically why do you need to um train them in that way it's not iraq it's not afghanistan so they don't know how to deal with um normal civilians and as a black person they just see you as a threat you've seen police officers beating 13 14 year old women young women on the ground for no reason and getting away with it nothing happens it could kill that child that child's going to have post-traumatic stress like the rest of us do that's what we that's what's within our dna we're born with it the stress of all our ancestors and everybody that's come before us we pass it on generationally we have so much fear but you know what i think the fear is is melting now because if you're already walking dead what's 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 the fear for if we've got nothing to lose you want to take us out anyway It's like if you have a caged animal and you mistreat it for long enough, it's going to turn around and bite you one day. I think that's where we're at. We want justice. We want to be treated with equality. We don't want to be profiled. We don't want to be beaten. We don't want to be killed in our sleep. We want to be able to go to university and sleep on couches without people calling the police on us. There was an incident with a woman. Oh... Amy Cooper. She was walking in a park, and I love parks, right? Walking in a park with her dog off the leash. Now, we know most parks, you can't have your dog off the leash because some people are frightened of, of dogs and find them threatening. And I think that's right, keep your dog on the leash. She was walking with her dog off the leash, and a black man was sitting there, bird watching, because it's a bird watching park, you know, really cool thing calming thing to do in the middle of a global pandemic using your social distancing time to just get your head straight and your spirit straight and this woman's walking with her dog off the leash so I said ma'am can you put your dog on the leash please and she proceeded to verbally abuse him how dare you talk to me I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna tell uh, the police on you. I'm gonna phone the police, and this is the best part. I'm gonna phone the police and tell them an African American man is threatening me and my life, and 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 threatening my dog. You know, and then we're gonna see who's who's who. So now the the, the weaponizing the police is their personal customer service number to come and kill a black man or a black person see it all the time i'm going to call the police on you because he was being assertive at no point was he being threatening you know as as black people we are used to i'm sorry to say or, or, or i'm not sorry to say we are used to white women weaponizing their tears because she went into full theatrical mode. Oh, he's hurting me. He's hurting me and he's distressing my dog. You know, I'm in fear of my life. Please come. Thank God he recorded it. Thank God he recorded her going through all her amateur dramatics. And she knew what she was doing. She knew that shit would get him killed. 
And thank God for social media because everybody rallied together and this woman has now lost her job. She was actually um working as some kind of investment consultant or banker or something. Lose your job. You're not a good look for your firm. We won't tolerate it. You could have got him killed. He was just minding his business. He was supposed to be able to do normal everyday things. This is not slavery. And police departments need to be held accountable. You should be charged with wasting police time and a hate crime. When are they going to learn? And I'm not saying every white person is like this. But we're seeing we're seeing a trend of these um white supremacists then coming out of the woodwork. They're no longer hiding. The Donald Trumps of this world are making them feel comfortable to show themselves. And we're tired of it. So you had rapper Killer Mike. It's like they wheel out certain people. I'm just wondering when they're going to wheel out John Barnes next because every time he, they wheel him out, he does major damage, yeah? Does chats a lot of shit. He'll probably say all lives matter. They had rapper Killer Mike come out and tell the story of how he has cops in his family and how they faced hardship and discrimination. Surprise, surprise. Um, when they were cops back in the day, they were told, we don't want to change with you niggas in here. You need to go to the YMCA, YMCA and change there because we don't get changed with niggas. Excuse the language, but that's what he said. You know, but this is this is not um this is not a new thing. We have discrimination in the police force in 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 the UK as well. There's a ex copper called Kevin Maxwell who just written a book about his experience as being a black police officer in the eighties nineties, and the book is entitled "Forced Out" by Kevin Maxwell. Definitely read that because he just gives it to you. Or says you cannot survive as a black police officer in the force if you do survive you have to conform to to their rules their discriminatory behavior and turn the blind eye but eventually they will turn on you so what kind of survival is that really you're luring yourself into a full sense of security so he was forced out and they wonder why we don't join the police force. Because it's not for us. It's an institution. An institution that needs reforming. You can't have police, um, poli- the police investigating themselves. Because it's going to be littered with bias. It's going to be one-sided. You know, everybody is incestuous in their views and their mindset. And the view is no justice for them and justice for us. It needs dismantling. It's not working globally, which is why you're seeing protests across the world now. So not only is it happening right across America, but it spread to Toronto because there was another killing of a young girl there by police. She actually had a mental health episode and... um, she ended up being thrown out of a window. 
instead of being helped by police. Because we know that um, uh, if you're a health worker and you work in the mental health field, that you're supposed to call the police to assist. Well, if you're calling the police now for anything, it's a death sentence, especially if you're black. You have to think four or five times before you call that number. Better you try and manage that yourself. Because your loved one will be dead. They might not make it. You might not make it. Because they're going to be deemed as a threat. It's an opportunity to kill us. You know. We're just tired. There's just too much. There's just too too many examples. And no justice. It's the same result every time. So okay. He's been done for... um, third degree murder but that's that's manslaughter possibly there's no manslaughter there it was just cold murder it was a straight lynching don't try and gaslight us into into second guessing ourselves that can't run we know what we saw. There's no camera doctoring. It's been caught from so many angles. And you've got even um, shop owners in the area um, that are, have given their shop footage, their um, CCT footage, so they can have the incident from every angle. But yes, there's protests in, in London as well. So it's spreading. There was a protest um, in Peckham, I believe. A prominent um, black community there, although it's been gentrified. Here's what rapper Killer Mike had to say about the George Floyd killing. Um, I didn't want to come. And I don't want to be here. I'm the son of an Atlanta City police officer. Uh-huh. My cousin is an Atlanta City police officer, and my other cousin, East Point police officer. And I got a lot of love and respect for police officers, down to the original eight police officers in Atlanta, that even after becoming police, had to dress in a YMCA, because white officers didn't want to get dressed with niggers. And here we are, 80 years later, I watched a white officer assassinate a black man and I know that tore your heart out and I know it's crippling and I have nothing positive to say in this moment because I don't want to be here but I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city in so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love, who we just lost last year. So I'm duty bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge 
in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. And as I sit here in Georgia, home of Stevens, Georgia, former vice president of the Confederacy, white man said that law, fundamental law stated that whites were naturally the superior race and the Confederacy was built on a cornerstone. It's called a cornerstone speech, look it up. The cornerstone speech that blacks would always be subordinate. That officer believed that speech because he killed that man like an animal. In this city, officers have done horrendous things and they have been prosecuted. This city's cut different. In this city, you can find over 50 restaurants owned by black women. I didn't say minority and I didn't say women of color. So after you burn down your own home, what do you have left but char and ash? CNN, Ted did a great thing. I love CNN, I love Cartoon Network, but I'd like to say to CNN right now, karma's a mother. Stop feeding fear and anger every day. Stop making people feel so fearful, give them hope. I'm glad they only took down a sign and defaced a building and they're not killing human beings like that policeman did. I'm glad that they only destroyed some brick and mortar and they didn't rip a father from a son. They didn't rip a, fa a son from a mother like the policeman did. When a man yells for his mother in duress and pain and she's dead, he is essentially yelling, please, God, don't let it happen to me. And we watch that. So my question for us on the other side of this camera is after it burns, Will we be left with charred or will we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes that Atlanta has always done? Will we use this as a moment to say that we will not do what other cities have done and in fact we will get better than we've been? We got good enough to destroy cash bonds. You don't have to worry about going to jail for some petty. We got smart enough to decriminalize marijuana. How smart are we going to be in the next 15 or 20 years to keep us ahead of this curve? So that much like when South Africa suffered apartheid, you had Andy and other politicians that could make sure that Atlanta said, Coca-Cola, we love you. But if you don't pull out of South Africa, we're going to leave. We're not going to drink Coca-Cola anymore. Coca-Cola jumped on their side and apartheid ended. So we have an opportunity now because I'm mad. I don't have any good advice. But what I can tell you is that if you sit 
in your homes tonight, instead of burning your home to the ground, you will have time to properly plot, plan, strategize, and organize, and mobilize in an effective way. And two of the most effective ways is first taking your butt to the computer and making sure you fill out your census so that people know who you are and where you are. The next thing is making sure you exercise your political bully power and going to local elections and beating up the politicians that you don't like. You got a prosecutor sent your partner to jail and you know it was bullshit. Put a new prosecutor in there. Now's your election to do it. You want a different senator that's more progressive that promotes marijuana through? Now is the time to do that. But it is not time to burn down your own home. So the next audio clip we're going to listen to is George Floyd's final minutes before his life was snatched away from him by police officer Derek Chevin. It will make you emotional, it will make you tearful, it will make you anxious, it is uncomfortable, but I think we need to listen to the incident to understand the true scale of why people are protesting and rioting, some looting, why Anonymous has come out of hiding to help the cause, why Anifa is being mentioned and why Black Lives Matter have come out of retirement to support this cause. People are tired. People are rising up because this is not just about black people. People are being brutalised by police forces all over the world, by these systems that have since lost their way. But primarily, it's about the black struggle, oppression, discrimination, being lynched, being killed and no justice being served. So I just ask you to get yourself in the headspace and we're gonna tune into this incident now. I can't breathe. Please leave my dick. I can't breathe shit. Uh-huh. Bro, get up, get in the car, man. I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been waiting the whole time. Ah, ah, Just get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up and get mama, in the car right. I can't. Get, get I y'all can't. the opportunity to get in, bro. I told you you can't win. My knee. You can't my win, neck. man. I'm through. I know you here. Now that you didn't listen. Uh. That's the phobia. Just my stomach hurts. Uh-huh. My neck hurts. Uh-huh. Everything hurts. Ah, there's water or something. Please. Please. Ah, I can't breathe all the time. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me, man. Ah, ah. 
Bro, with your feet on his neck, man, you get off the His ball, nose is bleeding. Like, yeah, come on now. That's wrong right there with his feet on his neck. Look at his man, nose. You see your knee and his neck. Yeah, you got your feet right on his neck, yeah, I cannot breathe. You just a grown. You're a tough guy. You're a tough guy, huh? You're a tough guy. He's not even resisting the rest, bro. His whole nose is Like, you don't think that what it is, bro? You don't think nobody understands that shit right there, bro? I trained at the academy, bro. That's some bullshit, bro. Right, that's bullshit, bro. That's bullshit, bro. You fucking stopping his breathing right there, bro. Okay, he's talking. Bro, but you could get him off the ground. You been a bum right now. You could get him off the ground, bro. You could get him off the ground. You been a bum right now. He enjoying that. He enjoying that shit. He enjoying that shit. He a fucking bum, bro. He enjoying that shit right now, bro. You could have fucking put him in the car by now, bro. He's not resisting arrest or nothing. You enjoying it. Look at you. Your body language explains it. You fucking bum. Bro, get the fuck off of him. It's the whites. They love what? the mess. No, I already know that, bro. I trained with half of these bum-ass dudes at the academy, bro. You know that's bogus right now, bro. You know it's bogus. You can't even look at me like a man because you're a bum, bro. He's not even resisting arrest right now, bro. His nose is bleeding. And you fucking stopping his breathing right now, bro. You think that's cool? You think that's, that's cool, really though, not. right? What's your, what's your, oh, man, what's your badge number, bro? You think Honestly. that's cool right now, bro? You think that's cool though, bro? You're a bum, bro. You're you're a bum for that. You're a bum for that, bro. You can't. You getting mad? You just sitting there stopping his breathing right Look now. Look at him. Go out right now, bro. Look at bro. him. Get off of him now. Get what is wrong with you? What the fuck? He got mace. He got mace. He cannot breathe. Is he breathing right, right now? Check his Hello, pulse. Have this conversation. Check his pulse. Okay. Check his pulse, Tao. Tao, check his pulse. Tao, check his pulse, bro. Bro, check his pulse, bro. You bogus, bro. You bogus. Don't do drugs, bro. What is that? What do you think that is? You so you call what he doing okay? Get back You call what he doing okay. You call you call what you doing. You call what he doing okay, bro. Bro, bro, you 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 call you think that's okay? Check his pulse. Check his check his pulse. Get back in the The man ain't moved yet, bro. The man ain't moved yet, bro. Okay. Bro, okay. you're a bum, bro. Okay. You're a bum, bro. You're Check definitely a right bum, now. bro. Tell me what, it is. Tell me what his pulse is right now. Check the pulse. 
bro. He has not moved, not one he's time. Just, he's bro. off. He's off crack right now. He's but it, bro, go deep. back in the store, bro. You don't understand. No, no, no. Bro. I'm the reason. Under, okay, that's cool. Go back in the store, bro. Go back in the store, bro. He's not fucking I moving. That. I see that, bro. I'm, bro, I'm trying to help y'all out, bro. You don't need to help What's me out, bro. Man? I know your parents. I know everybody that owns the store. You don't need to help me the fuck out, bro. He's not fucking moving right now, bro. I just saw that, man. Bro, he was just moving I, when I walked up here. And I know, then that he, he they, bro, they did that to you him. Just they got out, you just get back out here, bro. I've been watching it the bro, whole time. you just get back out here, bro. Bro, he doesn't have a... Bro, he's not fucking moving. No, do they fucking kill him, bro? Bro, they bro, kill him what is you, 1087, bro? You're a oh bum, God, bro. 987, bro, you're a bum. First thing you want to grab is your mace because you're scared, bro. Scared of fucking minorities, you're fucking bum, bro. Like, bro, three minutes, bro. He's not fucking moving. Bro, he's not even fucking moving. Get off of his fucking neck, bro. So we're going to tune in now and listen to Orita, an activist, Tamika Mallory, speaking on George Floyd and police brutality and the expectations that are placed on black Americans and it is raw and it is uncut let's get into it are in a state of emergency. Black people are dying in a state of emergency. We cannot look at this as an isolated incident. The reason why buildings are burning are not just for our brother, George Floyd. We're, they're burning down because people here in Minnesota are saying to people in New York, to people in California, to people in Memphis, to people all across this nation, enough is enough. Yes. And we are not responsible for the mental illness that has been inflicted upon our people by the American government, institutions, and those people who are in positions of power. I don't give a damn if they burn down Target. Because Target should be on the streets with us calling for the justice that our people deserve. Where was AutoZone at the time when Philando Castile was shot in a car, which is what they actually represent? Where were they? So if you are not coming to the people's defense, right. then don't challenge us when young people and other people who are frustrated and instigated by the people you pay, you are paying instigators to be among our people out there throwing rocks, breaking windows, and burning down buildings. And so young people are responding to that. They are enraged. And there's an easy way to stop it. Arrest the cops. Charge the cops. Charge all the cops. Not just some of them. Not just here in Minneapolis. Charge them in every city across America where our people are being murdered. Charge them everywhere. That's the bottom line. Charge the cops. Do your job. Do what you say this country is supposed to be about, the land of the free for all. It has not been free for black people, and we are tired. Don't talk to us about looting. Y'all are the looters. America has looted black people. 
people. America looted the Native Americans when they first came here. So looting is what you do. We learned it from you. We learned violence from you. We learned violence from you. The violence was what we learned from you. So if you want us to do better, then damn it, you do better. That was a speech from Tamika Mallory. That was a speech from Tamika Mallory speaking on the death of George Floyd and really challenging the system. They need to do better. Award-winning actor Ashley Walters speaks on the death of George Floyd and his feelings on the matter and also about his experiences with police in the UK because people seem to think this is just a US problem. Listen to him speaking about his experience. It makes you feel emotional. The evening in my feelings and my thoughts about this George Floyd situation and not necessarily about um, what happened to him. Obviously, that's devastating and it's terrible. Um, and there's no words to explain or describe how that makes us feel and you know, black people around the world oppressed people around the world, how it makes us feel. Obviously, this has been going on in America for a while, it's been going on here for a while, and I'm sure other places in the world, but it just hasn't been addressed and not many people are doing anything about it. But my point of coming on here today is that I will not let anyone, no one can tell me that I am complicit because I haven't posted anything about the scenario. For several reasons. But for the main one, I've been fighting this thing all of my career, yeah? I've seen black people and, and big corporations and that posting stuff about your silence is a betrayal. Don't ever tell me that my silence is a betrayal. Where I've been left for dead on the street by white men, stabbed and left for dead, and these people have never been brought to justice, yeah? I've worked hard, put my life on the line for all these men out here yeah what has been going on and I said no but I'm talking now I'm talking now because I had enough of this people are being killed out here and you like and all anyone can complain about is who's posting about it or who not you don't know why I've been through for this thing half of you wouldn't even be working now if I hadn't been here doing my thing for the last how many years but you bullied and held back by white people in the day. Don't ever question my loyalty for this thing or how much I would lay down for this thing. These people are cold-blooded killers and no one ain't doing 
but I've been going through this for years. Years. Look at the scar on my neck, yeah? When they left me for dead when I was 15 years old, like a little piece of And no one went to jail for that. And I've dealt with that forever. And that's not only one incident. So the moral of my story is, don't ever tell me, yeah, that because I don't post, that I don't have passion or feel anything. You really, you, you people are really slow and stupid to be turning on each other at a time like this. An impassioned speech from Ashley Walters, formerly of Soul Solid Crew and star of Top Boy. Yeah, this is not a new thing and people have had to suppress a lot of their experiences, including myself and people close to me. Um... It's not just a US problem. So let's let's talk about it. Let's find out how it's affecting young black men and women across the globe. Because the time to talk about it is now. The time to instigate changes is now. And it has to be systemic. It's not about looting. That's part and parcel of it. But it's not about the looting. That's just the outrage and the anger. It's boiled over. It's reached boiling point. But it's not about that. If you look beneath that, it's hundreds of years of systemic racism. We need the the playing field to be levelled. We're human beings, we feel things. And that's what's killing us. Never mind the virus. At least there'll be a cure for that. So let's find a cure for racism. Listen to three generations talk about their experiences of police brutality and systematic racism and how it's affecting them in 2020. I understand, but we won't stand up for I understand. They get killed on the day. Come here, talk to me. I understand. How are you? I'm tired of this. How are you? I'm 45 years old. 45 and I'm 31. And I'm tired of seeing this. And you the older generation in me, and I too. And we've been standing around as the older ones, taking all this bullshit. Always hoping for a kumbaya. Always standing around for a kumbaya. Ain't nobody coming to protect us. We got to start our own fucking life. I understand. But let me tell you something right here. He's 16. He's 16. Oh they gonna kill him. He's 16. What we gonna do? You tell me. What we gonna but do? This ain't the way. Cause they run it or let loose. If the United States president say, if you lose, we shoot. We you know, shoot. Going, going I know it. It's only going to But it's time to stand up. So at this point, at this point, I'm ready to die. For what's going on? Let me tell you something. That's the problem that we got. You see right now. It's going to happen 10 years from now. And at 26, you're going to be doing the same thing I'm doing. You understand that? 10 years. You're going to be right here too. So what I need to do right now at 16 is come up with a better way. Because how we doing it, it ain't working. He angry at 46. I'm angry at 31. You angry at 16. You understand me? Putting yourself in harm's way is not the way. No, it's not. You and the other your counterparts, the same Asian that has that same power. Y'all coming with a better way. Cause 
We ain't doing it. Oh my God. And I have a five-year-old son. Oh my God. And it ain't happening. Mm. I watched four years ago, King Lamont Scott did the same shit y'all do. The same exact thing night after night after night. It don't matter. Come up with a better way. You understand me? You keep yourself safe. That was a discussion at a George Floyd protest with three generations of black men. What the elder man was saying was that he's tired. He can't see a way forward. He's watched it. He's watched police discrimination and police brutality and systemic discrimination play out. And then the man in his 30s was saying, I'm frightened because I've now got a five-year-old. And then he pulled over a 16 or 17-year-old boy and he says, you've got to find a way because we just feel like we can't find any answers. This thing is not letting up. We can't just live. We live in fear. We're in a constant state of anxiety and anguish. So it's up to your generation. So passing that baton of stress and anger and hopelessness onto that young boy's shoulders. If them as big men can't defeat the system, what chance does that young boy stand? There's going to be casualties, right? Because peaceful protest is no longer working. And as I said before, this was not, this was not an accident. This was premeditated. This guy knew him. He worked with him for 16, 17 years in a Latin, Latino bar. He worked with him for 16 years in a Latino bar as a security guard on the weekend. I think the rest of the five days he was a police officer. So he knew George intimately. And it was said that he would treat black club, he would treat black club goers differently by being aggressive or pepper spraying them or arresting them. And he'd be different when it was a Caucasian night or a Latino night. So I believe that he carried some kind of personal vendetta against George. And the whole time that George was on the ground, he showed him respect. This was personal. His whole body language suggests it was premeditated. He was conscious. At no point was George a friend, not with two officers on his feet and him on his neck. Which is why things have broken out globally now. Protests have spread from all the states across America to the UK, to Sweden, to Belgium, to Germany, to Hong Kong, to New Zealand. Because everybody can see the truth. And protesters and journalists are being pelted with pepper spray, rubber bullets, tear gas mace or being beaten with batons or run run over by police cars a baby was sprayed sprayed in its face with mace a woman was beaten 
within inches of her life for protesting peacefully on the ground. And it seems that most police services across the globe, but especially in America, are being trained to be militarised. There's nowhere else in the world that I know of that polices the way they do. It was said that the police officers in America are given ex-military equipment, which is why they look like soldiers and not like domestic officers. That's a problem because every day they're behaving as though they're weekend or weekday warriors. They believe they're at war because that's how they've been trained. So all of that needs undoing. What are what are domestic officers doing with pepper spray and gas to blind and hurt their citizens and rubber bullets shooting somebody when they're looking outside their house from inside their house and shooting a rubber bullet into their house? What are they doing? Why are they driving tanks down the road? It may have something to do with the fact that Donald Trump has said, right, all forces go, no holes barred, because he keeps releasing these statements. These guys are folks, so let's treat them as folks and, you know, just take them out if you see them, basically, because they're, they're, they're breaking the constitution. You know, they are not obeying the law and I am the law and you are the law and we must be obeyed at all costs. And something's happened since he's made that statement because now people feel like it's a war on them because you've turned the the police onto the people, you've brought in the National Guard and you're literally brutalising journalists and arresting them and shooting at them, trying to stop them from reporting the truth because he's also um, turned the police against the press. So Trump has turned the police against the press which is why they're attacking them as other enemies. But bigger than that, he doesn't want them to report the truth. So there's no such thing as free press. Press. There's no such thing as free press. That is the behaviour of a dictator. And that can't be allowed to happen. Just because they want dance to his tune. He's now switching it on them. That's dangerous because how would the truth be televised? How would it be televised? If journalists have been attacked and arrested, and it's mainly, and it's mainly black journalists, but now he's it's just anybody now. So now people are realizing it's a war on them. So now that they're, they're looking at the whole police system, which is all we wanted, and looking at how it can be remodeled to be more people friendly. So no more. Uniforms that make you look like Robocop. So people are afraid of you. No more chokeholds or knees in, in your throat or being beaten or being racially profiled. No more of that because that is what ramps up hostility and causes division, which is what he seems to want. He seems to thrive on division. Divide, rule and conquer. 
So I'm glad that the governments there are starting to look at this stuff because it doesn't have to be that way. Take away all the militarised weapons. They don't need uh, AK-47s and... Oh, God, whatever they've got, it's just not appropriate. So I'm glad that these conversations are happening. We've had too many incidents where men, women, children have been killed, like... There are far too many incidents where children and families and ordinary citizens in America have been gunned down like they're like they're game. We know Donald likes to hunt, right? We've seen his son likes to go out and shoot rare animals or animals that are nearing extinction. We know they like to do that for fun and that's how he sees people. My gosh, you know, how how do you Explain over 100,000 people dying on your watch in the middle of a global pandemic because your ego didn't get stroked. So people got really pissed off last night and they stormed um, the White House and what he did, he ran down to his emergency bunker and he switched off all the lights. Like the bully he is. He was shirking in the bunker. So he's doing a Boris really because Boris runs on highs in fridges. They seem to like these enclosed spaces. Whilst they're, in, whilst they're trying to enclose our space and trying to imprison us with all these systems that cause division and hate. And everyone's waking up to it. It's, it's so good to, to see white people standing up and other people of other nationalities Standing in solidarity with this because today it's us, tomorrow it's you. But it's not even tomorrow, it's just happening now. The police are attacking everybody and we're seeing it in various different countries. You know, it's not just exclusive to America, which is why it's good that everybody is protesting. Because everybody will have to look at their systems. It needs an overhaul. It's not fair. Who could survive under these conditions? And believe me, we all carry we all carry distress in, in in inside us. I've left numerous um jobs because of discrimination and being bullied and being racially profiled at work. You can't even relax when you're at work. Oh, why are you talking to that other black person? Or worse, you don't get the job. You've got all the credentials. You've worked hard, you've worked your way up if you can even get up and you just don't get the job, your face doesn't fit. They've reached their quota, their boxes have all been ticked already. We hear it all the time and we just have to carry on. We're expected to just keep calm and carry on. We can't do it any longer, I'm afraid. And now the whole world can see what we go through and what it looks like it's ugly, it's painful. But now you've seen it, can you really look away? So people are coming out in support and solidarity. Some people are, are real and some people are not. Some people are just jumping on it because it might be lucrative for them. There's a lot of people trying rubbish. 
because they're afraid they're going to lose their money or their sponsorship or their endorsements. Fine. You get on with it. You're going to benefit from us standing up. I must say it's great to see the all the artists and musicians and actors standing together and they're going to be doing a kind of like media blackout. Let me just get this up for you. I think it's called, there's a hashtag to go with it. It's called the show must be paused. So it says, tomorrow we join with the wider music community in support of the show must be paused. So PRS for Music will be observing, uh, PRS for Music will be observing Blackout Tuesday. This is not a day off. It's a day to reflect on how we as an organisation, this is not a day off. It's a day to reflect on how we as an organisation can do better. It's a day to talk about how we can drive change in our business and how we can better support our employees and our members. It is sad to determine how we can play. It is a day to determine how we can play our part in driving change in our industry and our community. And I think this is coming from um, a lot of um, artists, theatre owners, um, people in the film industry, Warner Music France, and it's got a list of all the people that it's remembering. Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, Armand Goldberry, Brianna Taylor, George Flint, Tamir Rice, Botham Jean, Betty Jones, Michael Br- Atana, Jefferson, Stephen Clark, Alton Sterling, Dominique Clayton, Philando Castro, Walter Scott, Oscar Grant, Ahmad Aubrey, Sandra Bland, Steve Taylor, Kenneth Ross Jr. And the list just goes on and on and on. It's just... And those are just the ones that we know about, right? Those are just the ones we know about. So you might not be able to go out and protest, but the things you can do in your communities, and you know what that is, you know, be vocal. When it comes to voting, get out there and, and make a change in the in the booth. Change where you're spending your money. Let's start moving as a collective, talking to each other, acknowledging each other, you know, and building things for ourselves because it's not good to be um, dependent on anybody. Yes, we're grateful for our allies, but we can't lean on them. We can't. But they can do their bit too. You know, being conscious of your bias and making a conscious change to change that. You know, we're not asking for handouts, right? Oh... It's exhausting, man. It's exhausting. 
2020 in the midst of a global pandemic and black bodies are not safe. You know, we're still seeing a strange fruit. And that that particular narrative needs to change. The narrative of us being painted as thugs. The narrative of us being painted as thugs, as threatening, as killers, as rapists, as untrustworthy, as intruders, as unhuman, all that shit needs to change. As lazy, I wish we were lazy. Slavery hasn't taken its foot off our neck. Ever. It does, it's just got different guys now. The chains are not on us. Instead, we're being whooped through the system. Prisons are full. Criminal justice is full. The system has been designed so that we turn on each other and that's working perfectly, isn't it? Revolution is the voice of the oppressed. So Rodney King, and everybody will know Rodney King, which is probably why this resonated with everybody globally. So Rodney King, born April the 2nd, 1965, died June the 17th. Ironically, 2012, was an American construction worker turned writer and activist after surviving an act of police brutality by the LA Police Department. On March the 3rd, 1991, King was violently beaten by LAPD officers during his arrest. A civilian, George Holliday, filmed the incident from his nearby balcony and sent the footage to local news stations, KTLA. The footage clearly showed an unarmed king on the ground being beaten and the incident was covered by news medias around the world and caused a public furor. And at a press, concert, at a press conference announcing the 14 officers involved would be disciplined and three would trade and three would face criminal charges. LA Police Chief Daryl Gates said, we believe the officers used excessive force, taking him into custody in our, in our review, and we found that officers struck him with a baton between 53 and 56 times. No charges were filed against 25-year-old Rodney King. On his release, he spoke to reporters from his wheelchair with his injuries evident, a broken right leg in a cast, his face badly cut and swollen, bruises on his body and burns around his chest where he'd been jolted with a 50,000 volt stun gun. He described how he knelt, spread his hands out and tried to move slowly so as not to make any stupid move. 
and then being hit across the face by a billy club and shocked, he said he was scared for his life as they drew down on him. They put the cause of death down as drowning. And um, he was laid to rest in the Memorial Park in Hollywood, California. He actually died... Um, in 2012, 2012 from a, I think it was either suicide or an overdose. Because he, he just was never the same after that. He had mental health, he had severe depression, he struggled with everyday life. He had, you know, classic um, symptoms of PTSD, probably wasn't being treated for it. And um, we just see these kind of cases over and over again. Even though he got a conviction, or those guys got convicted, it still left him with the the mental scars. You know, and nobody ever really talks about that. There's a scene in, um, oh, what's the damn show called? Dear White People, where one of the main characters is um, singled out in a college dorm party because he's black and they pull a gun on him and he gets mad because they're saying you know where's your id and he's like what do you mean i'll go to university here and they're gone no give us your id and they were going to kill him in front of this this party full of college kids all different races yeah all different classes but they go to uni together and um it was a really nerve-wracking scene to watch Anyway, eventually they decide to let him go, but what happens is that he just can't process it and he's just, he starts to have a breakdown, literally. You see him each episode just mentally breaking down and just not being able to cope and having flashbacks. And you just see his personal relationships deteriorate over time. And you just see him break down. Right, the guy's name is actually... Reggie. The guy, Reggie, is is the guy that is victimised by the police at this party. And you just see all, all his personal relationships just completely deteriorate with his girlfriend, Sam. And he's seen her best friend as well, yeah, a bit later on. And he just starts to act bizarrely. He's drinking, he's sleeping... He's restless, he's anxious, he becomes aggressive, he just lashes out, he can't get it together and he's just angry because he can't do anything about it and he just feels powerless. And it's a really powerful scene. I'll have to see if I can find it for you actually. French Revolution. 1789. Correct! What is osmosis? Ace of spades. Lake Titicaca. Yes. When I read episode 105, I cried, and then I cried every time after that, thinking about certain scenes. Can nobody just have fun anymore? This is what happens, man. This is not my fault. You and your friends show up places uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> 
Reggie is all about the movement, and he is sort of relentlessly, relentlessly trying to figure out a way to get people on campus to be involved and to care about the issues without coming across as like, you know, an angry black guy, which, by the way, he has every right to be. I'm gonna need to see your ID. Why you need to see my ID? Son, I said ID. I'm not your son. Reggie, do what he says. I said show me some ID! No, he's a student! Show me some ID! You realize, like, how real the show is in that, in that moment. It was insane to think that this could happen at any point in time in any of these kids' lives. I remember when uh, Philando Castile was killed, we came into show the next day and everybody was just devastated. I mean, we it was like, damn, the 10th shooting of an unarmed black man. We were literally sick over it. We had to incorporate that feeling into the show. I was glad Marquis took so much weight on his shoulders. Just get really emotional, you know, on the entire spectrum. Angry, sad, you're trying to figure out why you have so many questions, but it's, I think it's good that we tackled it. There was fear, there was shame, there was all of that because that was happening in front of a bunch of people that I know that I care about. Yeah, this is my reality at this time, but my nephew, who's two years old, this will be his reality as well, and that just broke my heart. What does it mean to sort of be an activist in, the, in this modern era? Like, how do you actually rally people? How do you do more than just get angry? I think in a lot of ways, you know, we're Reggie too. We're all sort of like figuring out this thing called civil rights in the 21st century. Well, there you have it. It's been depicted in Dear White People. And actually in that scene, they were at that party and... Um, it was actually Gabe, who's one of the white boys that is dating Sam. He's the one who actually called the police on him. And it's at that point when the camp security officer pulls the gun on Reggie, at that point, that's the, what he realises, what he's done, the scale of what he's done, but it's too late because things are in motion now. The gun is in his face. He's asking for his ID, which we've all been asked at some point. And he could lose his life at that point. And you just see the life just drain from him. And just that, that feeling of frustration. And you heard there, he says, you know, how, how do we mobilise this civil rights thing in 2020? Well, we're seeing it in motion now. I've just had a notification come through to say that um, it looks as though George Floyd's um, autopsy report has come back to say he died by death by asphyxiation before. Let me just double check that. So it's saying, breaking news, George Floyd's family lawyer said a private autopsy found his death was homicide by asphyxia and loss of blood flow. Challenging an official report which just said he died due to underlying health conditions, which could, that umbrella is just too broad, right? That's a get out of jail card right there. So I'm reading further. So it was lack of blood flow to the brain, which which is probably why he started to bleed from his nose. And then he just went limp. 
he was limp for two or three minutes. At that point, he was dead. He wasn't moving for three or four minutes, right? We all saw that. So hopefully now we can get some justice and it needs to be moved from third degree murder to first degree To He used his knee to asphyxiate George's airflow, take it away. And they've put in potential intoxicants. They kept trying to say that he was under the influence of something. Still doesn't mean still doesn't mean you didn't kill him, you did. So the original one was saying that he had underlying health conditions including coronary artery artery disease and hypertensive heart disease. What a load of bullshit. saying that contributed to his death but of course this was falsified I didn't even give the guy CPR what's left to do they all need to be charged it can't just be one three officers outstanding need to be charged for this to really make any difference it can't be just one man because they can be rehired and what message does that send out so we've got work to do guys the world's got work to do let's get really uncomfortable and put put this stuff on the table so it's official george floyd was murdered by Effexia due to the neck and back compression that led to the lack of blood flow to his brain. For nine whole minutes he had his knee on his neck. Let's see what they're going to do now. Watch this space. You know, and thank God they ordered a second autopsy because they would have just covered this up like they probably covered up thousands over, over the decades. Let's see what they're going to do now. First degree murder. That's what we want. So I'm going to close out this episode because it's been a heavy one. And um, I hope that this has given you food for thought. It's been a sad episode. Um... But sometimes we've got to talk about things that make us uncomfortable because for too long we've been silent and silence is not golden. Not when you're suffering the way that we're suffering. And um, hopefully this will bring about change because I don't think the next generation coming up are going to be as patient. I really don't think they are. Okay, peace family, peace, peace, rainbow blackout. Thank you for listening to Ampersand the Enigma podcast. To listen to more episodes on your favourite podcast platforms, tune in now on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, 
Pocketcast and Radio Republic. And you can also catch me on Apple Podcasts as well. So tune in, download the apps and enjoy. And remember to rate and subscribe to show your support and spread the word. Thank you so much from your host, Rainbow Black.